Welcome to the Esquire Q&A podcast. Yes, it's that little slice of audible adventure that sees us talking to all manner of guests from all walks of life. The main thing that ties each guest together, however, is that they are all perfect examples of both style and substance. Previously, we've had chefs and businessmen on the podcast, but we've never had an entrepreneurial chef quite like Philip Chang. One half of the dynamic duo that started the Asian stalwart P.F. Chang's way back in 1993 out of Scottsdale, Arizona, today the brand has more than 300 locations in the United States alone and is present in more than 25 countries. This year actually marks the 10th year of the brand's existence here in the Middle East, and to celebrate, Mr. Chang himself flew over to mark the occasion. While he was here, we sat down for a bite to eat, as well as a quick conversation about his life, his art, and his business. One small bit of housekeeping here, we actually recorded this special episode inside the brand's Jumeirah Beach residence location here in Dubai. So, enjoy. So, um, I've already done a little bit of yeah. a bio okay. um, in the intro, uh, which we recorded earlier. Um, but let's say, for example, you're at a party, no one knows who you are. How would you introduce yourself? What do, what do you kind of say? Ah, well, personally, I'm not somebody that uh, really speaks, you know, so much of my... Unless I really, you know, they're really close friends or somebody. Mm. If I'm just meeting them at a, you know, social gathering or mm. something, I don't really... If they don't know who I am, I don't really... You don't uh, like to tell them? No. No. Well, it depends, really depends, but I, it's rare, yeah. I'm Is that just because you don't want to have the... Yeah, you know, they get wrong ideas sometimes. Yeah. And I'm very private. Mm, mm. You know, I'm not necessarily shy, I'm just very private. Mm. So, yeah, I don't divulge too much until, you know, I, I, can, I, I don't really think it's have, a trust yeah. thing. I don't know if that's a yeah, yeah. thing of trust. Is that there. just because it, the moment you tell someone, because cause, you know, PF Chang's is so big, then people yeah. immediately go, you know, ask questions, what about this, right. what about that? And I wear many hats. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really an artist, you know, this is almost like a day job kind of thing, you might say, you know. I'm really more of an artist, so, and I'm proud of both, you know. Mm-hmm. And obviously this has given me a, a, a lifestyle that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But then there's a, the art side of me mm-hmm. and the other sides of me. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a multiple, you know. So I don't want people to judge, oh, you're, you know. You're that guy. So, yeah, you're that one mm-hmm. guy, you know. It's like, yeah, well, mm-hmm. it's just part of my life. So then, so there's kind of, there's, there's people trying all around the world. Yes. Um, and I, I think... A lot of people may not understand the history behind it, and they may think, okay, this is just one of those massive chains that's yes. just, you know, manufactured, sent out, done. But Most there is a do. there is a large there is a large history behind it. It started 25 years ago, uh, 1993, in Phoenix, Arizona. And previous to that, I had my own restaurants in Los Angeles, mm. uh, and a gentleman by the name of Paul Fleming, P.F. That's what you know it stands for, uh, was a customer of mine. And he used to come to uh, one of my uh, restaurants. It was, it was called the Man Red. It was a small cafe, casual, kind of, you know, artsy, fartsy for my artistic friends. Mm. That uh, So, I, you know, I had a cafe that also the food was very unusual at that time. It was um, food that was inspired by my visit to Asia, to China and Taiwan. And it was more street food. I love mm. street food. Mm. So that was inspired by street food. So nobody was doing it. Uh, Paul Fleming loved it, and uh, you know, after a few years of uh, dining with, uh, in, at my restaurant, uh, he came up to me, introduced himself. I didn't know who he was. I just saw him, you know, in the restaurant frequently. I didn't know who he was, and he said, uh, you know, I'm so and so. I moved to Phoenix, Arizona, 
I want to bring your Chinese food to Phoenix. Mm. Will you help me as a consultant? I said, okay, mm. let's do it. And we shook hands in and, and, uh, 1993. Mm -hmm. uh, we opened the first one in Phoenix. That's how it started. So now we're here in um, we're here in Dubai. Yes. How recognizable is kind of P.F. Chang's today as it was back then? Well, now that you know, we started this global expansion um, outside of the U.S. ten years ago, mm. and uh, Middle East was one of the first ones mm. that we opened. Actually, the one in Kuwait was the very first one uh, outside of the U.S. and there was almost immediate recognition because a lot of people, I guess, that travel mm. either you know to the uh, to the U.S. mostly that that they knew about us. Mm. You know, they would go to they're on holiday or business uh, to Florida or even California or Vegas, and they said, "Oh, we we know B.F. Changs." Mm. So when we opened uh, here in the Middle East, mm. oh boy, and especially Dubai here, and especially mm. now, it's a center not just for you know locals but for tourism now. Mm. Boy, yeah, it's uh, the recognition was quick, mm. and uh, you know we have over uh, thirty, I think, here mm. in the Middle East, mm. and alone uh, right here in Dubai, there's more than ten. Mm. Yeah. So it's really happened. You know, it's amazing. So what about from a food perspective? How much of that original menu is available today? The majority of the menu today uh, is still what we started out with. Mm. Probably about I don't know, sixty, seventy percent. Mm. We do tweak it sometimes. But so why? It's got to be a bit of a uh, anomaly for a restaurant to have that many. For a restaurant to have gone for that long and to have so many of the same dishes. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, if it's not broken, you know, don't fix it kind mm. of thing, you know, so people love those dishes like the dynamite shrimp or the uh, chicken and lettuce wrap. Mm. Uh, uh, we're not going to take it off. Uh, you know, we tweak it. I mm. mean, customers don't really notice it, you know, what we do sometimes. But uh, and then we, you know, come up with seasonal dishes or, mm. you know, uh, new dishes we'd like people to try. Mm. But those core dishes, yeah, they're, they're there, mm. you know, and uh, uh, we take it off. People scream. Mm. <laughs> so, okay, you know, it's going to be there, you know, for, you know, for as long as people want it. So, um, your mom your mom was a cook. Yes. And your mom had a restaurant. Uh-huh. Is that kind of, is that why you then end up moving in there? Kind of. I follow in their footsteps for sure. You know, she's an icon in, in terms of Chinese dining in mm. uh, the U.S. She started serving uh, food from other parts of China mm. that didn't exist in the U.S., uh, uh, in the early 60s, mm. you know, because previous to what my mother was doing, the majority, almost all the food was uh, Cantonese-inspired food. Yeah. And so my mother uh, f uh, grew up in Beijing, so mm. she started f a food uh, restaurant with food that she grew up with in Beijing. And, uh, you know, after a few years, after she opened, it hit. Mm. And, uh, you know, and I was uh, an art student. Mm. You know, I was... I went to Los Angeles um, to uh, go to art school, and I, uh, after graduation, I practiced as a designer, graphic designer, mm. and she opened a second restaurant, uh, her Mandarin, uh, in Los Angeles, where mm. I was living. So, uh, one thing after another, I was married, I needed more, you know, regular mm. income, yeah. you know, in that term, art doesn't put food yeah. on the table, well... <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> so I went into the business thinking, ah, I'll do this for a little while. Mm. I do love the food culture, not so much the business end. You know, I never thought, you know, I do love mm. going to cafes. Yeah. You know, I love being a customer and I love the cafe culture, mm. you know. Restaurants mm. gave me the opportunity mm. to, to be a 
painter for a while and at least give it a good shot. Okay, but you're, so you're still not, you're not doing it, you're not practicing. Um, I'm still practicing it. I don't know, but you know, I uh, thank goodness I don't really have to rely on it yeah, to yeah, pay yeah. the rent, kind mm. of so to speak. So I do it. Mm. I, I'll never not do it. Yeah. You know, but I do it in different forms as photography. Now I use. Uh, iPad mm -hmm. to, to draw, you know. I don't really paint so much mm. anymore, uh, and I've actually even moved, uh, you know. I live in uh, Los Angeles and in, in Tokyo now, so, you know, space-wise Tokyo, you, you just <laughs> yeah, don't have the big spaces you have in the U.S., so, so it's kind of hard to paint. We're not going to see one of your pictures on the wall at a P.F. Chang's anytime soon, is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, plus, you know, my art is sort of weird for the restaurants. <laughs> I don't know if it's, uh, it's suitable for mm. the restaurant business. Um, so you're kind of, you said you're kind of biding your time between uh, the U.S. and Tokyo. Yes. But as a kid, you, you moved around Asia, is that correct? Well, I was born in Shanghai, but, you know, after um, I was born, mm. fairly quickly, mm. uh, I moved to Tokyo hmm. with my family and uh, spent uh, my first formative years there until I was a teen hmm. and then went to California hmm. Hmm. and then I've been to California ever since and just recently I sort of uh, you know started going to Tokyo more why, why 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 kind of why now decide to go back well you know I've always loved Tokyo I mean I've been you know traveling back and forth uh, over the years to Tokyo and you know the formative years you know they I feel, you know, Japan is a, a big part of me. Mm. As a matter of fact, my aesthetics, you know, mm. in, in food and not necessarily Japanese food per se, but yeah. my also my aesthetics, you know, for art mm. is very influenced by Japan. Mm. So, you know, for me, even though I'm 100% Chinese, mm. aesthetically, I'm very Japanese, yeah. you know. So, yeah, and I, I just feel real at home there. Mm -mm. It's really, uh, you know, a comfort zone for me. So kind of, so I grew up in Hong Kong. Oh. Um, so kind of, I grew up eating, eating kind of, you know, proper Chinese food. Yes. Uh, you're kind of in Tokyo. Again, to Japanese food, very particular, but obviously very kind of authentic. What would you say to someone who kind of comes to P.F. Chang's and goes, yeah, but this isn't really, this isn't really Asian food. Is there, is there any vendability yeah. in that? Yeah, uh, it's totally up to that person. Mm. You know, I mean, obviously, if you have a background, you grew up in China mm. or, you know, Hong Kong, Taiwan, mm. or anywhere there's a huge Chinese community, mm. you may not think it is. But mm. then, you know, so did I. You mm. know, I've been eating Asian food most of my life. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, even Chinese, Chinese food in China mm. is evolving as we speak because mm. they've opened up, right? Now there are a lot of tourism, the Westerners are there, and they're also traveling and they're influenced by other, uh, you know, cuisines. Mm. So it's changing. So, you know, it depends on how you define Chinese food. Mm. For me, Chinese food is not eating with a knife and fork kind mm. of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you say, well, it has to be eaten with a chopstick, then what does that mean? Mm. It has to be cut a certain way. It has to be chopped and, you know, bite-sized yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it has to be cooked in the wok. Yeah. We all do that here. Mm. Everything we do here, as you, you know, saw earlier, we cook with woks here. Mm -mm. It's traditional. We mm. cut with Chinese cleavers. Mm. Some of the ingredients may be, you know, uh, not something you might find in China. Mm. But on the other hand, we can't find Chinese products here. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, we yeah. have to use what's available, yeah. you know. So, 
But the Chinese food is adaptable. Mm. It's so adaptable. And that's why it's one of the few cuisines that you'll find almost anywhere you go in the world. Yeah. You find these little Chinese cafes. Mm. In nowhere, you know, it's like, I've been to, you know, the Andes Mountains and yeah. there was a Chinese <laughs> restaurant. And I look at the menu and it's like, come by chicken. And it's like, <laughs> wow, what is going on here, you know? So, yeah, it's one of those cuisines that we're adaptable. Mm. You know, mm. and because we're, you know, immigrants tend to be very mm. ambitious and they're also very... Uh, you know, uh, courageous and mm. at time, same time creative, you know. Mm. And they know how to cook a little bit. They open a restaurant. So how often do you, uh, how often do you eat here? Or are you like 30 years, I'm, I'm sick of this now? Ah, <laughs> uh, geez. <laughs> you know, I, uh, since I travel so much, well, here in Dubai, I, I don't come very often, mm. you know, because uh, I don't, you know, live here. But as much as I can, I do try to keep up. So... Uh, I opened my own, and that became Mandret, where Paul Fleming came. So then, do you, does, that, does that kind of art degree, does that come in handy? Very. Yeah? Yeah. More than people know, and more than even I probably realize, you know, mm. because uh, we do eat with our eyes, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I'm very visual. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, I've learned to associate, you know, my visual senses, you know, it's very strong and mm. I can kind of see where, uh, you know, uh, a dish, you know, the standard or quality of a dish mm-hmm. by just looking at it. Mm. Uh, somehow I've learned to use my, you know, visual senses to, uh, you know, uh, uh, create food, Yeah. you know. Yeah. So it does, it does, in, in my case, you know, I don't know about other mm. chefs or restaurateurs, but I, I definitely you know, uh, taste food with my eyes mm. more than probably the average person. So then, did, did you continue with, with art? Yes, I, um, you know, you never lose it. I mean, I was, you know, in, in really entrenched in the restaurant business, my own restaurants as well as uh, working with P.F. Chang's. Mm. I, uh, I've always wanted to go back full time, you mm. know, and I did about 15 years ago. I went back. And this became sort of like a part-time thing, yeah. you know, with the food and P.F. Chang's. And I, uh, I was in Los Angeles and, you know, I wanted to give the, the art thing, mm. you know, serious painting, you know, a shot. Mm. And it's still difficult. It's so <laughs> difficult. So, uh, so, but at least, you know, this, you know, venture, this journey in mm. P.F. Chang's and my own rest up with uh, what we're trying to do, mm. you know, not as much as before, mm. uh, because domestically I used to, in the first few years, you know, yep. I used to check out all the restaurants, all the openings, but it's just so many now that mm. it's just impossible, mm. right? I mean, 300 restaurants, I, mean, I can't mm-hmm. go, you know, there's not enough days in the week, I mean, <laughs> oh, days yeah. in the year, you know, to cover it all. Mm. So. so I try to go as much as possible, but mm. definitely also living in Los Angeles where there's so much Cho- you know, yeah, choice yeah, yeah. in terms of diversity and everything in food. So I love food in general, so I try everything, mm. you know. But P.F. Chang is, you know, a, obviously an important part of my mm. life. So what about in Tokyo? Where did you like to eat? Oh, my God, Tokyo is, you know, everybody talks about, by all accounts, the most exciting place for food right now. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I love everything, mm. you know, from, but I, I kind of lean towards more of the street, everyday home cooking kind of stuff, yeah, you know. Yeah. The fancy food is always there, but I love somebody that can just do a simple dish really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's me. So I seek out places that, not just good food, but the ambience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, and the friendliness and everything. Mm. Yeah, those, 
those are the kind of places uh, I like, and mm. it doesn't matter what cuisine. And Tokyo has it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has it all in abundance, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a great place if you love food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's not and it doesn't have to be expensive like people say it is. Yeah, you know, and it isn't. Yeah. So kind of, uh, you mentioned before, kind of having cooked in a walk. You guys kind of have adhered to uh, the farm to walk mentality. Oh is yes, that, is that correct? Uh, what what uh, ex explain what that means? For P.F. Chang, uh, everything we do, all the food, mm. is made from scratch in the restaurants, mm. every day. Mm. You know, we don't have a central kitchen or commissary. We make it in the restaurants, in our own kitchen, every, yeah. every restaurant has. And the whole farm to walk thing is, we now, probably, there are some farmers out there mm. that, without us, <laughs> you know, they're... You know, I don't know what we'll be growing, but the amount of like lettuce yeah, that we yeah. use, uh, we have these relationships now with farmers that uh, help us, you know, deliver the kind of produce that we need. Yeah. You know, so um, that's what we mean by you know farm mm. uh, to walk. Mm. So uh, it's more of a um, uh, the fact that we we source. The best quality, mm. you know. Uh, people think, oh, you're a chain, you know. You, no, we go for the quality. Mm, mm. You know, we 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 are willing to mm. to go the extra mile mm. to get the best ingredients, mm. you know, for our um, for our clients, mm. you know, for our audience. And uh, you know, we we go to check them out directly. Mm. Even stuff that we actually import from China, we will go to the factory. We will go to the farm. We want to see. What they're doing, mm. make sure they're doing it up to our standards. Mm. So that's that's part of it, mm. you know. Yeah. So kind of, kind of, we started 30 years ago. Yes. 25 years. 25 ago. years ago. Uh, it, kind of boom time. Globalization is kind of happening. Do you think that if you started the same concept today, in 25 years, it would be successful as it is now? It's hard to say, but you know there is some luck involved. Mm. Obviously, timing is important to some degrees. But nobody really succeeded in terms of a Chinese chain or you know Asian chain. We you know we're now Asian. We started out being mostly Chinese, but now we're I have several other Asian cuisines. But mm. it's very difficult to do. Mm. I mean, one of the first things I told Paul Fleming when we you know when he asked me to help him out, I said, "Do you know how laborious Chinese food is? Everything has to be cut up. Mm. One dish." You know, if you look at one dish and the prep it takes to yeah. do that one dish, very few people at home, are, you know, do that. Even mm. Chinese, they mm. don't do that. I mean, it's just too much work, yeah. you know. So, I think somehow we overcame all those, you know, mm. the difficulties of opening a chain. Uh, people have tried. They haven't succeeded in, you know, 300 you know, global restaurants, yeah. you know. Not even in China. Mm. I mean, it is difficult to do. Mm. But somehow we overcame all those issues, mm. uh, and maybe I know some uh, other you know people have tried since we opened, mm. and they haven't succeeded except mm. maybe just the small local you know yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. But and I'm I'm talking globally here, mm. you know, and nobody's succeeded. It's very difficult to do, and I don't even know. I, and I'm surprised how how we've done, you know, because mm. I brought up these issues of. You know where we can get the chefs. How are we going to get train you know walk chefs and etc. You know all these issues that 
you know, I thought we'd have, and we did, but we somehow just sort of got through them. Yeah, just got through them mm. and worked it out. Mm. You know, and so far it's been, you know, so far it's worked out pretty good. Yeah. So was there ever kind of in that expansion period? There, there must have been at some point at least temptation to cut corner, a uh, cut cut corner here and there to you know maybe kind of buy <coughs> buy this in instead of making it. Why? Well, I guess one yeah. the question is, was there ever the temptation, and why didn't you kind of go, hey, we can cream a little bit more of margins off the top of this if, if we yeah, were to... exactly. Mm. There is that temptation, boy. Um, one of the things that I sort of mentioned to the kitchen staff was there are no shortcuts. Mm. If there is one, we've already found it. Mm. <laughs> because, you know, we're a business, mm. and... You know, cut costs. As a business, you you do have to think about those you know costs and labor mm -mm. is a huge cost. Yeah. And if you can cut labor, you know, by you know doing this faster, mm. more efficient. But in our case, we said, what 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 makes PF Chang special? Mm. We use the cleaver. We don't use chopping machines. Mm. We don't use you know whatever digital technology to cook any. I mean. We do it the way we've done it, and that's our success. Mm. And we, you know, uh, the food that we produce is special because of that. Mm. That's what's important to us, you know. So no, no shortcuts. Mm. If there are, we've already found them. You know, we share it with the staff so that yeah, yeah, yeah. they can produce you know, food, you know, faster and cheaper and mm. more efficiently. But. Uh, yeah, it's there are no shortcuts. Mm. You just have to, if you want to do it right, you have to. This is you have to take every step mm. and take the time to do it. Mm. Yeah, that's well, just been our. It's like an unwritten motto. Yeah, you know, yeah it's yeah. like our manifest is just yeah. That's the way we do mm. it. So you're here for a bit of a special milestone. Yes. Is that right. Yes. What brings you to Dubai? The um, the Middle East restaurants is now ten years old mm. from the. One we uh, opened in the first one in Kuwait. This is 10 years, so uh, over 30 restaurants here in the Middle East, and uh, so we're doing. You know, I guess we call it a relaunch. And yeah. 10 year relaunch. Mm. That's why I'm here to to help that, to give it a little promo and uh, help it along. Oh, perfect. Maybe well, I'm here 10. You know, next 10 years. And <laughs> 10 more, 10 more years. Uh, well, thank you very much for thank for us down, and um, uh, yeah. Enjoy the food. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And that has been another episode of the Esquire Q&A podcast. We do hope you enjoyed it. But even if you didn't, you should still rate the podcast using your friendly podcast application. It really means a lot and lets us see which guests you've enjoyed us talking to the most. Other than that, be sure to hit subscribe and leave a comment and all that jazz. We will see you next week for another podcast. See you soon.